0: What is up, daddy gang? It is your single father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Holy fucking shit. What the fuck is up, daddy gang? It is your founding father, back it again, for another episode of Call Her Daddy. There is no one, and seriously, I mean no one,
1: other than Lori Cooper. No,
0: no, that I would be rather sitting with on this last episode than my best friend, Lauren McMullen.
1: Lauren to Lauren?
0: It is the motherfucking season finale. What the fuck is a season finale in a podcast? I have no idea. I made it up. No. Daddy Gang, obviously, I don't think people do seasons in podcasting. Maybe they do, but I'm more so saying it's a season finale because... Every single person listening to this podcast, you know about the drama a year ago and you know about the infamous three-year deal. This is the last episode of that three-year deal. So as I'm sitting here on the couch with my best friend, I'm like, all right, we need to go back. I owe it to you guys. We owe it to the show. We got to go back. We got to go back to the very beginning of the single father era. And I want to spill some fucking tea. You're like as if we couldn't spill enough
1: tea. Some tea that I probably could have sold to page six back in the day. And like for some student loans.
0: For a lot of fucking. <laughs> yeah literally Lauren. Thank you for not doing that. Um, So I want to go back to the beginning. Because I think there's one tidbit. Well I know there's one tidbit. I never shared with the daddy gang. Or the internet. There was a time period. Right before I released The YouTube video. That lovely purple sweatshirt. Whoa, iconic. That I considered having a co
1: host. To the point where, like, you had one person lined up, teed up, ready to go. And I will
0: never forget the day. At the time, I was shitting my fucking pants, honestly, to give you insight. Like, I had done 80-plus episodes with a co-host. I didn't know how to fucking podcast on my own. And I will never forget, I'm sitting in my parents' bedroom. My mom and my dad and I are sitting on their mattress. And I call my brother. I conference him in. And I tell my parents, like, hey, I think I made the decision. I think I'm going to go with this person. And honestly, shout out Grant. I fucking love you. My brother screamed into the phone and was like, Alex, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm freaking out. He was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Get down into the fucking basement. You can do this on your own and you're doing it on your own
1: like that's so fucking wild that like you were that close to having so close that to having a co-host it wouldn't have been the single father era i didn't even think about it (laughs)
0: right the show and that's you're so right it's crazy it wouldn't have been the single father era It was literally gonna be caller daddy featuring alex cooper and oh don't give them credit no but but that person everyone knew
1: who that person was and i'm sure obviously now you're extremely happy that you ended up doing it alone
0: absolutely I can say that now a year later but I definitely had my doubts for a few months because it was like oh my god like what if I can't do this what if the like what if the world thinks I'm not fucking good what, what if everyone's like the old show was better what if what if I say something that doesn't resonate and then people like think that I'm not a good person because the only person that they know is through the the microphone that they hear every week so trying to like integrate like being authentic slash trying to create a new show slash trying to keep everyone entertained slash me trying to rewrite what the what this new narrative is going to be and try to not erase the past I I don't want to erase the past those 80 episodes are fucking crazy and unbelievable the old show was unbelievable but it was like, it was time to move on. I think
1: it was hard for people to be like, wait, don't move on. But I had to. The show went from a two-person show to a one-person show basically overnight. <laughs> Do you want to be honest and tell people like what that was like?
0: Oh, sweetie, sweetie, I'm so glad you asked. Daddy Gang, to give you insight back in the day when we first, like, go back a year with me, okay? You remember that the beginning of this whole thing was the YouTube video. I uploaded the YouTube video, The Truth About Call Her Daddy, like, we're getting the ball rolling, and then it's like, okay, boom, time to put out the first episode, The Funeral. And right after I put out The Funeral, it was like, now what? Like, literally, that's it. Like, it was like, okay, great, Wednesday. Okay, what's next Wednesday? And then it was Dave, and then it was you. And it was like, during that time, I just remember fully feeling like I was scrambling. Yeah. And that lasted for months after I released the funeral
1: episode. The Savannah thing. Oh. Why you had Savannah on for two episodes the real reason. Savannah
0: was great. Love you. Shout out, Savannah. But the the real reason behind why I had her on for a two-part series, and this happened a lot in the first few months, was... I had no idea who my next guest was going to be. It w- we were in the middle of a pandemic and not only was it hard to get guests, that was one, but also it was like, who do I want to have on? What is the show? Like I didn't have a moment to pause and think like where I wanted the direction of the show. So I was just constantly hail marrying fucking episodes <laughs> and like praying to God it fucking worked, which thank God it did. But like, again, thank you all for listening and like sticking fucking with me because I had a lot of moments where I was uploading that shit at like 1 a.m. being like, oh
1: fuck, I really hope they like this. Let's kind of like talk about like these 1 a.m. uploads, like talk about like your process a little bit because like although this is like a top chart show, it never ceases to amaze me that you could easily run this podcast like a Fortune 500 company. Mm. But mm. you choose the more mom and pop route. Oh, Like, okay. your studio is your bed, and your team is your 60-year-old mother oh. and me. The shade to Lori. Lori's like, Lauren, stop. No. And the thing
0: is, and I don't want anyone to get it twisted, like, that is by choice. Also, Lauren, please stop. The corporate life has never been for me. You know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, all but- this, you took a lot of sick days <laughs> back yeah, in the 301. Yes, yes. But the truth is, is like, I think... Keeping it, it's all, I know, it's like, call her daddy's team. Alex Cooper, her mom, and her childhood best friend. But I think doing it that way has, I don't know, I feel like it just allows it to stay cozy cozy yeah and it's like it literally does feel like I know you always talk about it like it feels like a school project still
1: literally like all right the deadline's coming let's go here we go what are we putting out this all-nighters tonight yes and
0: I feel like it's like as big as it is out in the world it stays so small between my fucking mother and my friend and I like that to me has allowed me to still
1: continue to fucking say shit even you I think that's why i say half the shit that i say because it fully does not register that this is going out to like millions of people yes all jokes aside um as much as we joke about this scramble and mom and pop business (laughs) there was a clear progression where you found your footing i know what that moment was tell them what was the turning point
0: Oh, yeah. The fucking life changing moment. Miley fucking Cyrus, dude. Like
1: Because we were in her fan club when we were little. It was di- childhood.
0: Me was diarrhea in the pants. I had to wear a diaper to the internet. No, but like I was shitting my pants. Yes. And I've, I was so proud of what that interview was. I look back now and I'm like, oh, fuck, I should have asked these things. But like in the heat of the moment, I'm happy with how it went. But really, aside from that, it was more like, first of all, Up until that point, I was trying to understand how to interview. I I remember your dad bought you a book,
1: How to Interview for Dummies. Yes. I'm (laughs) like,
0: thank you, dad. What are you trying to say? But no, like that's literally to like spell it out for everyone. In college, I studied film and television. I wasn't taking journalism classes.
1: See, I didn't realize they were different, but got it. So
0: different. Because then I'm like sitting down doing an interview and I'm like, huh? So it's been a learning experience for me for sure. But that shift that we're talking about was... When I left that Miley interview, I was so proud of that. And I also realized this is an opportunity to level the fuck up and elevate the show. And then in terms of ratings, that episode, Miley fucking Cyrus broke every single Call Her Daddy download record in the history of the show. The show had never done numbers like that. And the coolest part about that moment was After that episode, the new audience and the new numbers stayed. And that changed the entire trajectory of the show.
1: You kind of like shook off this like previous baggage, this previous tie you had and like broke through and like this is you and your show now. Exactly. Yes. And it was like, holy fuck, now what? And instead of me being scared like I
0: was in the past few months of like, oh my God, who's the next guest? Now it was like, like, damn, I can do this on my own. And that feeling and that confidence I got from the Daddy Gang, that support—seriously, every single person listening, whether you're a new listener or an OG listener—I wouldn't be sitting here at the end of this now three-year contract of podcasting if it wasn't for you guys and your constant constructive criticism, support, oh, constructive criticism.
1: That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: like no, but you guys, you guys hold like keep me accountable, and it's been. It's been fucking surreal, honestly. So thank you guys so much for supporting me through all this and riding with me since day one. Okay, daddy gang. So not only is this episode the season finale of the single father era, it is also the season finale
1: of Lauren and I living together. <sighs> Whoa. Okay. Daddy gang on June 1st, I'm making another big move. And this time big Al is not coming with me. I am moving to Chicago. How fucking
0: dare you? It's not, it's like, it's one thing for you to leave me. What about lady titty man? What about <laughs> country club man? What? A, no, but really what about me? Um. Yeah. This fucking sucks. I mean, we're we've. Who's gonna do the fucking dishes
1: now? (laughs) Thank you. Who's gonna do the
0: dishes? Who's gonna get me out of bed in the morning? Who's gonna wipe my ass? Like (laughs) I need you, Lair. Um. It's been yeah. It's been pretty fucking emotional over here in the uh, California region in which Lauren and I live in this house together. It's been a little wet. Yes, wet. Oh, wet. yeah, because we're crying. Like, oh, <laughs> oh what you think? Meanwhile, last episode, I'm like, I haven't gotten fucked in a fucking month. And like, you same. haven't had sex. Yeah, nope, you haven't had a month
1: either. No, nope, same. Um, so we both- uh, maybe uh two and a half, actually. Wow. Well, let me clarify, though. It's not for lack of trying. Last weekend, I was pursuing my surf instructor mm-hmm. and uh, broke my fucking foot. So I think that's an omen that California wants me out. You pursued a little too hard. Mm-hmm. Hard for the dick. Mm-hmm. You got
0: to respect it. This is Call Her Daddy.
1: But back to everyone's like, why the fuck are you moving? And take it away. So basically, um, I got a job offer, and I'm in absolutely no position to turn down a job <laughs> offer. I have a crippling amount of debt to the federal government. Um, and Rachel Lauren literally sent me a <laughs> screenshot of like her student
0: loans, and she was like. Look at that number. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. So I got to go get that cash money. You got to get that fucking dough, bitch. Yeah. I'm so happy for you, honestly. I think, like, at first I was in shock and naturally I was like, fuck yes. And, like, we've had time to cry. But, like, overall, fuck yes. You deserve this. This is fucking amazing for your career. But I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm... I'm a little nervous. I nip really easily what? when it's cold. And like Chicago's cold very often. Dude, what? So i going to be like what? supporting a lot of Jennifer Aniston vibes over here.
0: I'm over here talking about your career getting sappy and you're over here talking about your frozen nipples.
1: <laughs> you know who I'm really feeling bad for in who? all of this? Who? Your boyfriend. Wh- why? He's going to fucking miss my third wheeling. Dude,
0: literally he's like, I have two girlfriends. Every time he makes a dinner reservation in LA, it's, it's for three. three he's like he doesn't even ask he's like hey like where do you and Lauren want to go to dinner tonight it's like it is the move i know i think he's he, gonna, he like, has to, like
1: ask permission like is it okay if like we have like a date, date night and i'm like absolutely not
0: like and especially this past week i'm like lauren is sleeping in bed with us mm-hmm. and that is what's ha- no it's it's gonna be yeah i'm gonna fucking miss you and i think getting personal and getting deep for a second we've cried a lot the past couple or only two I've only known for a week um we've cried the past week and it's been a lot um and I I genuinely would just want to say like one I love you so much and having you around I think like makes my life better like I think you're an amazing person I think you're like my oh my god um I think you're like my you're my best friend and so I think like having you Having you next to me and like trusting you and like getting to talk to you every day and like know what's going on in your life, like it. I feel like you make me a better person. I don't know. You're just a constant reminder of like who I want to always be. I
1: love you. I love you.
0: This is like hurting me more than my breakup, dude. We literally, like my heart hurts. We've been literally sobbing like babies, and it's like okay, like we're I, was be leaving, fine. I was leaving.
1: I was. Getting in an Uber to go somewhere the other night, and you started crying because you're like, I'm imagining this is what it's going to be like when you move out. Dude, I'm just kidding. I'm like, Alex, I'm going like, oh, I'll be home in like an hour.
0: I'm like watching her pour her cup of coffee. I'm like, this may be the last time I see you pour your coffee in this kitchen. And like, it's like, okay, you're moving. Like, it's going to be fine. It's
1: not a goodbye, Al. It's a see you later. It's a
0: see you later, but it's also, honestly, a pretty see you fucking soon. Big Lair is planning on coming back, but I'm also planning. And coming to Chicago Many a times
1: Yes Daddy gang Get ready to see that blonde bitch Bopping around the city (laughs) Hair blowing in the wind In the windy city Tits out for the boys Or the daddies No it's
0: gonna be amazing Like one of my other Best best friends from childhood Lives there And I'm just like This now is the perfect excuse To be in Chicago 24 fucking 7
1: And you bet When winter hits in Chicago I'm migrating west I'm not even moving my furniture my furniture is staying here you know the thing is when you buy your furniture from uh, from walmart and amazon it actually costs more to move it than it does just to buy new furniture we love to see that lauren we love a cost effective bitch
0: design on a dime that's me (laughs) and i'm sorry but as your best friend i gotta look out for your best interest i can't help but wonder On a scale of 1 to 10, how good is that Midwest
1: dick? Oh, God. Well, I hope better than L.A. Because I'm just going to take that, my dating scene here, as, like, a fat L.
0: Every single penis that you've encountered in (laughs) Los Angeles, California, has been significantly small. No shade to small dicks, but, like, we need you to get that, like, we need you to get that Maybe Lake Michigan,
1: there's something in Lake Michigan. Woo! I'm getting excited. (laughs) Midwest dick, big
0: Lair is coming for you, and I've heard Lair, the big West, the big, the the Midwest dick, the big West dick. the midwest dick that's some polite dick that's that hold the door for you in a polo type fucking dick you? i thought you canceled polos <laughs> and khakis i did but if they've got a big dick it's a fucking star over the la men oh god lauren we're excited we're excited chicago daddies if you're in the area get, get hard <laughs>
1: get hard
0: daddy motherfucking gang if you live in chicago or you're in the mood to just be in chicago get fucking ready because now it's like when i visit it is going to be all hell breaking loose we'll rent the boats we'll get we'll we'll see you at the bars it'll be a fucking
1: (laughs) that's all you know you're like we'll rent the boats uh i don't really know anything else about chicago but we'll be there and we'll be doing it
0: oh fuck i'm excited it's honestly gonna be great Hi, daddy gang. Um, Before we begin this next segment, I want to provide a trigger warning that this segment does contain references to self-harm. And if that is a topic that might be at all sensitive for you, you can skip forward to this time code. 32 minutes and 30 seconds. I love you guys. Last week we had on orna who was unbelievable and daddy gang I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that dm'd me afterwards I'm so grateful that that episode helped so many people touch so many people the amount of people that were like holy shit Alex that episode literally gave me the courage now whether it was to get into therapy or re-engage in therapy I'm so happy that episode could be a tool for you to begin that journey Um, I think it's interesting because throughout call her daddy in this year I have started to be open about my therapy journey, but in reflection, I realize I've been open about it a year in. So when I'm talking about my therapy journey, I'm comfortable now in therapy. I'm comfortable with my therapist and I have some answers finally of to why I am the way I am and why I make the decisions I do. And after last week, I thought, why not also have someone explain their journey At the beginning of therapy, because Lauren, you're in that beginning stage where you're almost getting broken down to be built back up. And that is a
1: hard place to be. Yeah. So I have been in therapy now for about two months, um, and I'm assuming that people probably think that I'm in therapy to kind of process this seven year breakup, trying to self-discovery, figure out who I really am. Um, I'm about to share a very personal part of my life, and I only feel comfortable and confident doing so because of the absolutely supportive and amazing response I got to sharing my breakup story. I still get people DMing me saying that changed their life, which is wild to hear. Um, And I think this story will be a, a lot more impactful. When I was a sophomore in college, my father committed suicide. Um, it happened during winter break, um, between semesters and, um, my parents were divorced at the time. Um, so I was actually the one who got the phone call. Um, I remember I was in my driveway in the car and I got a call from a number I didn't know. And it was the coroner telling me the news and I had to tell, and I had to tell my mother and my brother and go inside and tell them what phone call I just had received. Um... I hadn't spoken to you um, qu- as frequently as we were in college. I hadn't spoken to your mom in a few years. And, and the first person I called to be like, what, what the fuck do I do right now, was your mom. Um, the funeral was the day before Christmas Eve. I went to the funeral. I gave my father's eulogy. And then I went back to school two weeks later and got a 4.0. I never stopped to mourn him. I never stopped to let myself grieve or even feel. I threw myself into school. I have always had two jobs since high school. I continue to have two jobs all through college. Um, And I kept that two-job mentality basically going until we got here. Uh, That's what this house means to me. This is the first time in my life that, like, I've— I've not had two jobs. I've had a moment where I'm not wondering how am I going to survive? That's, that's been my go-to, just survival, keeping my head afloat, like constantly treading just to keep my head above water and not feeling anything. And now I'm in this house. I have this sense of security. I'm by myself. I'm trying to start fresh and like figure out myself, but I have this fucking massive thing on my back that I have never dealt with before. I went on of as if literally nothing ever happened. Like, I can firmly and confidently say, like, I never once cried. And, like, now being in therapy, I realize that's fucked up. And, like, there is so much in my life I have never dealt with. But, like, that's what I was doing. I was just going and going and going and trying everything I possibly could not to feel anything.
0: Thank you for sharing this, Lauren, because – I can imagine how many people listening will be able to connect with this story in some way. And it's a lot to fucking carry. When you decided to get into therapy, like you were saying to me, holy fuck, Alex, I feel like I've
1: been asleep for seven years. Like getting into therapy almost like well, I'm dealing with, like, death that I've never dealt with before. And, like, it definitely was easier and was working for me to kind of just package that up and, like, dissociate and not accept that reality and not... not Feel. Yeah, not feel, not engage with that reality. Um, Like, some days I feel like I, like, don't know up from down, left from right. And, like, it's, like, really... Made me like look at myself and like evaluate myself. Am I a good friend? Am I a good daughter? Am I a good sister? And I don't necessarily like love everything it's made me see about myself, but like I'm able to see the big picture that like I'm learning so much about myself and like with all this knowledge about myself, like I know it's gonna help me be a better person. And like I think Orna said, like therapy's not a selfish act like I recognize that like me bettering myself I'm just gonna be a better person for everyone um but it's it's tough like I there are days after therapy where I still have like a mile long to-do list and like I'm like a little debilitated after like I can't like I'm just sitting there and like I need to like aimlessly walk around the block I need to call someone to debrief that therapy session call you be like hey like can you drop everything for a moment like I, I feel talk. like a hot mess. Yep. Such a powerful moment, Lauren, that
0: you are what you're talking about and it's also fucking terrifying for someone to hear you you're debilitated for a day. Okay, nope, I don't want to go into therapy and I think you
1: saying to me, I remember you were like, if I hadn't done this though, what was I going to keep doing? It's wor- it's worked for me in the past and it's gotten me and like allowed me to like get all these degrees and survive and stay afloat, but if I were to continue to live that way, I'm not going to fully live. I think my therapist told me last week, you could survive in a desert, but that's not a life you want to build for yourself. I think now people, knowing my story, recognize why it was so hard, what I knew I was going to have to start dealing with to get into therapy, getting into therapy. And I just urge anyone who's has stuff they want to deal with, trauma or just life stuff they want to deal with, it's not easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but I would not look back for a second. And I f- feel like every session is like life changing for me at this moment. And this move and this time together in LA, I feel like I'll look back at like a, as like a turning point in my life. Like going through this together and like you being that constant reminder of my childhood and you making that valid point to you remember more of my childhood than I do, which is wild. Um, But you making that constant remind, like effort to like keep my father's like memory alive and like talk to me about him and like bring him up. And I'm just so grateful. (laughs) And I love you.
0: I love you. Oh my God.
1: No, it's, um,
0: Oh, it's been like such a journey. Oh my God. It's been such a journey watching you already. Oh my God, I can't talk. It has been unbelievable watching already in the months that you've gotten into therapy. I already can see a difference. And I remember saying to you the other night, um, like, I've been waiting for you to be ready for this because... There's moments where I can tell like that disconnect, like you can't go places emotionally because if you do, then it's all going to fucking flood through and you can't just begin that as a journey of like a friend to friend, like let's talk about it. And so it's been so amazing that you finally have that support through a therapist to now we can like sort of begin to unpack it. But what I will say is like, I am so proud of you, Lauren. And I know the daddy gang is So thankful for you sharing this story. You're so fucking brave, but also inspiring. Someone is going to listen to this and have the strength now to ask for the help that they need.
1: I'm just scratching the surface. I don't have answers yet. I think it might even get harder from here. Um, But I'm ready. I'm ready to get to know myself. I'm ready to start living life. Um, I think people like that, my breakup episode, were like, how are you so okay? Or like, w- was that a lie? I thought I was okay. Right. <laughs> but I wasn't dealing with things. I wasn't like allowing myself to deal with things. Um, Reflecting back on this journey and looking back at that last episode that we did Dude. together where I was the fucking litty-titty thing.
0: Yeah, like it was a lot of drinking and the dating and the sex and all of it. It was like, whoa Uh, i'm mortified and yet lauren like to your credit i was seeing you day in day out getting up at 5 a.m for work getting a 4-0 at columbia like you're you that's exactly what you're so good at like you mobilize and you survive and now what we're seeing is like now we got to focus on the emotional shit and you working on yourself and taking care of
1: yourself, and putting yourself first. And I think that's, like, phase five of this therapy journey, like, learning how to, like, be alone. But, like, I need to first figure out, like, who is this person I'm about to be alone with? Who am I? Even just, like, listening to myself share this story right now in this podcast, and, like, going through my therapy journey out loud with you right now. I even have, like, a hard time comprehending, like, how much I've realized and recognized and felt in the past two months. And I feels so cliche to say, but like if that can inspire other people to ask for help if they need it, because it's so hard to even admit it to yourself, but it's like the most rewarding thing in the entire world.
0: All right, daddy gang. Now, the thing is, is you don't think that I would allow for a season finale to go down without taking a little trip, a little trip, a little class trip, as they would say, okay? Get on the magic motherfucking school bus, daddy gang. Guess where the fucking class trip is? We're gonna go to a really actually quite expensive motherfucking class trip daddy gang! <sighs> oh, you fucking mister, didn't you? Introducing a little thing that I like to go! <sighs> oh,
1: no question! of Zyko's son, baby? Questions
0: of the motherfucking white baby? Quest ah! Questions of the motherfucking white baby? We're fucking back, baby. Oh! Okay, you guys are like, Alex, bitches, we're fucking back. I could not allow to release this 40th episode without... Going to fucking France, bitches. Welcome to Questions of the Motherfucking Week. I missed it, and I'm honestly so glad to know that you guys missed it too. I'm not going to lie. I think sometimes it's good to take some things away, so you really appreciate them. Now everyone's going to be like, we actually didn't miss it now, okay? The silent sufferers are quaking. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. So, Daddy Gang, let's get right into it. Here we fucking go. Hello, father. Can we please talk to curve penises? Penile. I'm freaking the fuck out over here. I want to hook up with this guy. We've been talking for a while, but word around campus is that he has a curved penis. How the fuck do I go about approaching a curved penis? I have never encountered one, nor have I really had that much experience with the dick in itself. Love you, daddy sweetie 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 you have come to the right fucking place ah I remember it just like it was yesterday I was I believe I was a sophomore in college when I saw my first curved penis and the mission it was only a blowjob. we didn't fuck but I did end up at one point in my life also fucking a curved penis but I do remember this number one if you are sucking a dick that is curved, you have to be so aware of your teeth because of that cur- because of that fucking curvature. It's really easy to nick a tooth in there. It's not just a straight up and down, sweetheart. We're going, we're going roundabout options. And so my first bit of advice is don't get too drunk when you're first hooking up with the curved penis because angles are involved. And when angles are involved and you're fucking drunk, angles go out the fucking window and you're just lucky if your mouth hits the fucking dick just like you're lucky if your mouth hits the fucking straw when you're hammered now if we're talking about fucking a curved penis this is an amazing opportunity seriously although it may seem scary and you kind of look at it with like that tilted head like what am I supposed to do with that have no fear there's some great fucking quick little tips I can give you The minute you see that curved penis, and honestly, we would love to get a dick pic, if anything, if you can before, so you can really understand the trajectory and which angles we're working with. But in the heat of the moment, when you see that fucking curved dick, you need to go into hyper-focused mode. Which way is the curve going? Everybody close your eyes. If you're driving, maybe not so much, but think of this. If he's laying on the bed and you're, like, crawling up towards him and the penis is out – Is the dick curving up and then towards you like a big nose kind of vibe? Or is the dick curving towards him? Okay. If the dick is curved towards front for you reverse cowgirl okay and what I mean by that is like a curved penis has the most unbelievable opportunity to hit your g-spot think about that okay sorry to straight penises but that's something you can't fucking do so this is a pro of a curved penis it can edge forward like you almost use your like your curved vibrators and that can edge up to your g-spot so you get on him you do reverse cowgirl and then that edge will be rubbing up against your g-spot if you're doing reverse cowgirl Obviously, if it's leaning towards him, though, you can then be doing what are you going to do? Everybody thinks yourself, what would that be if the curve goes towards him? Missionary. Woo! Great work, everyone. So you have to just understand the angles because it can be so advantageous. (laughs) The the curved penis can be so fucking advantageous for your G spot. You just have to really quickly assess the angle and know what is the best sex position. Hey, big Al. So you always rave about feeling this fullness that you feel when you put a butt plug in, and I was inspired and bought one for myself. (gasps) Cheers, daddy. Super exciting, right? Curious if you've had any tips for a first timer and if you recommend trying them with your partner or by yourself for the first time. Anyways, hope to hear from you soon. Love the podcast. Love you. Love you, bitch. Okay. The thing about butt plugs is they're fucking terrifying, and I will admit, like, I in the beginning was like why the fuck am I gonna put something up my asshole I don't want to put something up my asshole you put something up your fucking asshole and then as time went on and I started to really experiment more with toys and like started to go from using a vibrator on the outside of my clit to then using a vibrator going inside internally and then just doing a bunch of dual action on my fucking vagina and then shoving lampposts of my fucking pussy then I got really comfortable with putting stuff down there and I I knew what a finger in my butthole Felt like during sex, but I kind of didn't like that feeling of him having the control in the beginning because I wasn't comfortable with the asshole play. Because you guys know my fucking anal experience, so I got a butt plug and I got a literally a little baby one. If anything, I can take a picture. You guys DM me and tell me to take a picture of it, and I can show you it. It's literally like a little bullet thing. It's this metal bullet, and I got this butt plug, and it changed my life because. I started using it solo to answer your question. I did not start with a partner. I did it solo. And what I did, and I'm not going to lie to you, like it literally took about I would say five to 10 masturbation sessions for me to slowly like edge this thing into my fucking asshole. And I shit you not like I started to have to try different techniques. Cause this was me coming off of the anal scare and me fainting from it. And I was like, nobody come near this asshole. God forbid something fucking comes near. I'll just pass out. So I really needed to like spend time with myself in the bedroom and like work the angles and understand pressure points. And so slowly I started to just literally any advice is like, lightly just like put the tiniest bit of it in your butt it could basically be like this is you could almost be like okay this is pathetic it's not even in there I have to like hold it because it's so not even in there that's fine it's just getting your butt like comfortable with even having something in it and then slowly throughout my masturbation sessions I would get more and more into it and like lightly start like pushing it in lighter lighter and then once I got it in there it kind of like pops in and then you just stop okay and then you just let it sit there And that once I felt that feeling, it feels like kind of like, holy fuck for a second. And then you're like, whoa. And then you have that literally just sitting in there while you then are masturbating and you can be putting your toy in and out. But the butt plug just literally sits there. It doesn't move in and out. Just keep it in there. And it feels fucking incredible. So I honestly, listen, like I know this is called her daddy, but I'm not going to lie. Like if I was listening to a podcast, had I not tried this, I'd be like, that's fucking cute. And you can have your sex podcast and you're probably even fucking lying about this shit. Maybe like nobody puts that shit in their ass. I promise you give it a go. But I agree. You have to ease into it or you're going to fucking dramatize yourself. Daddy, go back to your teenage years. You're 15. You're in love. You snuck out, had sex with him. Your parents found out, won't let you see him and literally locked you in the house and now you're homeschooled oh my god I'm so sorry would you run away and go live with him you only have to be 16 to move out of your parents house please help listen listen daddy I remember I was a fucking nightmare (laughs) and I don't say that lightly like I seriously mean a fucking nightmare in high school to my parents god bless my mother because she was way more involved in trying to like really hold it down my dad was like a little bit more chill but like And I hated her, honestly. Like, I despised my mom at times in high school. We went through, like, a really bad rough patch, and that was because... I was dating this guy. I went to a private school. He was at the public school. He was doing drugs. He was a senior. I was a freshman and it was a fucking disaster. And like, I started to get into things that I shouldn't have been getting into. And I remember my parents putting their foot down. I got caught so many times sneaking out. Pretty sure I told you guys in one episode, I went onto the internet, tried to buy the retractable fucking ladder to throw down in case of a quote unquote fire. I'm like, dad, what if there's a fire? I have to have a fucking ladder just in case he's like, you're literally trying to sneak out. You stupid bitch. I'm like, Oh, facts. Anyways, I had so many bad moments and that relationship was maybe one of the most tumultuous relationships. But at the time I, I truly believed like I loved this person so much and he was a good guy. He was just really, he was sick and he was lost and, and he ended up getting addicted to drugs. And there was a whole, I have, I can't believe I haven't even told this whole fucking story. The whole thing happened. He went into a coma. I had to sneak around to get to the hospital to see him. I was like writing him letters. Like it was fucking psychotic. And my mother was like, Alex, do not fucking waste your life for someone else. Like he's on his own track. Like you've got a scholarship. Like you're going to college. Like don't let this all go. And she was so in my asshole that I wanted to almost go more towards him. And I'm so thankful now looking back that my parents were – so strict on me during that relationship and and I even look back thinking in the time oh my god I wish my parents were more chill like my other friends like I they can sneak out so easily their parents don't even care meanwhile I'm like thank fucking god so although now I'm reading like your situation the fact that they're homeschooling you um that seems a bit extreme but what I can say is like at that age, most of the time, and I know you're going to hate this answer, but like literally having now the wisdom of being older and looking back, like, thank you to my parents. And I know it doesn't, you won't be able to see it right now, but seriously, half the time, to- most of the time in those situations where your parents are are pulling you away from like a romance at that age, like it's usually for the best. It's usually because they see something could get out of control and you can't see it. You're too young and you're too close to it. So I know it sucks and maybe you can start like opening that boundary with your parents of, like listen I'm sorry I snuck out I'm sorry that I went and had sex with him and you guys found out what if I have him over and like I have him at the house and so you guys can meet him and like even if you just hang out like in public so they can see you etc like start there for your parents to make them more comfortable but I wish you the best of luck also tell them to fuck off and like let you back and go to school. Okay, so I matched with this guy on Hinge, and I thought he was really attractive, so I was excited when he messaged me, but right away he asked if I would be interested in paying him to humiliate him and boss him around, or at least at least using him financially. Sweetie, <laughs> what's the fucking question? Um, I've never done anything like this, and it kind of feels out of my comfort zone, but at the same time... It doesn't really seem like a bad idea, and it could be kind of fun, like extra cash and sex. I need help because I don't know if these are things that I should be considering or what questions to ask. Like, should I go all Fifty Shades of Grey on this motherfucker? Do I need a contract? Please help. Okay, so this is obviously a more like intense conversation as much as I know in the past we would joke like yeah bitch like fucking humiliate that man like I understand everyone has their fucking limits and some girls are going to be like how the fuck do I even begin to do that like I've personally never done it I I've never humiliated well I've definitely humiliated men before but not in the bedroom no in the bedroom too but like not in that way um but so I think For you, I know this sounds weird, but if you feel like you're like, how do I even start this? Number one, and I'm just going to go for it. And like, I don't care if people judge me. If there's something that I want to try sexually in the bedroom of like vocally to say, like sometimes you can say it in your head, but it doesn't have the same fucking oomph. And it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get those words out in the bedroom. Like it is nerve wracking to speak up in the bedroom. And so I think that the best place to start having conversations with yourself, just so people don't think you have like issues hit the showers and I know it sounds weird but like literally in the shower just start saying some of the lines like oh like your dick is so fucking small like oh yeah you want me to fuck you because you can't fuck me like you're like go through that and like start just like saying shit out loud like and saying that out loud and like kind of staring into your shampoo bottle I'm not kidding you you'll start to feel like oh do I have this in me and honestly girlfriend maybe you got some fucking anger in there we all got some anger like maybe let it out let it out on this guy knowing it's not going to hurt his feelings he likes this shit so again everyone has boundaries some girls and some men may be listening to this being like that's not for me other people may love that and to each his own it's totally fine whatever sexually gets you off when I read that you're saying it kind of is something you may be interested in or at least you'd want to try then try it um obviously make sure he's not a fucking creeper first meet him in a public place first and then if you guys are hitting it off like Fucking go for it and write me back in and let me know like some of the lines that you figured out that work for you. But I think sexually, if something is is calling to you, I think you go for it. Daddy, I'm in desperate need of some big sister advice. So I went out last night and hooked up with this guy. We all know alcohol is that liquid courage we all need to give us that extra push. But now I have to face the guy sober because he goes to my gym and hangs out with the people that I hang out with. Do I play it off like it never happened? I want to play it off like a true daddy. Help. P.S. Since listening to your podcast, I've become the most, most confident daddy I could have ever imagined. So thank you. Oh, my God. Okay. Love you, bitch. There's a question, though, I have for this. Number one, what is your agenda? Because you have to think about it like, do you want to hook up with him again or do you not want to? And you never want to see this dude again, basically. But you're like, fuck, we're in the same group because it's like if you don't want to hook up with him or you do, that completely changes your approach. So my opinion is number one. If you do want to hook up with this guy again and you're in the same circle, I think it's best to always read the room, read the fucking room, bitch, read the vibe, feel the energy. What I mean by that is like, say you're all randomly at the bar and you run into him. Don't run over him. Don't trip over everyone. Be like, I see Gerald. And then you're like booking it to Gerald. And he's like, Becky, back the fuck up. That pussy wasn't even good. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, read the room. So. Say you're at the bar and you want to hook up with him again, you're just chill and you talk to him almost in your mind as if you guys have never hooked up. Just be casual. Obviously say hi. Don't like hide behind your fucking friend and be like a creeper eating your hair. Say hi, but immediately see what's reciprocated is he flirting back or is or is he giving standoffish vibes like oh that was a one-time thing and it's never happening again so again you be you be nice and flirt and flirtatious but again don't take it past a point if he's not reciprocating it's all about reading the fucking energy hey father appreciate you through the roller coaster of the past few years and man has it been a ride sweetie yes can you talk more about what shifts you felt internally on your road to your current relationship? I've had my fuck girl stage and am in a position to begin to prioritize a partner in my life. In your most recent episode, you talked about your independence and how it shaped you and the importance from your parents. My parents did the same. You don't need a man. How have you strived to let someone in and also be vulnerable to let them do things for you? I've had exes in the past, and I know you didn't want to label it this, but it was. They felt emasculated by super small things. Will you talk more about your current internal shift? Thank you so much. I fully appreciate your vulnerability through the past journey, through this journey. P.S. Got told I gave a 12 out of 10 blowjob last night. Thanks for the OG Gluck Gluck 9000. Oh, my God. I fucking love you. Okay. Wow. Um... That's a really good question. I think. I remember all the way back to meeting my boyfriend for the first time, and I mean, I documented it on a fucking episode, and I remember at the time being so just like googly eyed over just like the sexual connection and. I also was obviously turned on by like what he was doing for a living and his success. And it's like hot to see a guy like thriving and making money and all that shit. But then as I got to know him and his personality, I think the biggest thing for me was like finding that balance of not feeling like I was being held down or like trapped. And I felt like that in some of my past relationships where it was like the put downs of my career were so significant because of the insecurity on their end like I had a boyfriend that was so insecure about the pictures on my Instagram and meanwhile like it's like the classic you see it on TikTok and meanwhile every single girl that he likes on Instagram was wearing a fucking bikini tits out ass out and it's like hold on but now that I'm your girlfriend I can't post that like it was that whole drama now I think number one for me so that's the number one of like finding someone when I realized past the sexual aspect of he's such a confident person, and he's so secure within himself, and he's so secure within his job status and and his relationships in his life, that that really was that was so apparent to me the way he treated me since the very beginning. He treated me like an equal. He was like, your job is so fucking cool. I remember back in the day that I was like, um, he was like, can you stop talking about our sex life? But like now as we've gotten more, more, intense and our relationship is pretty serious he's kind of like do whatever you got to do like I love you and I think you're amazing and like now I'm past that because I know this is what I want and so I support you so it's been like a journey of one I think trust just between the two of us Of first not even knowing if it was going to last and then I think building that respect for one another but it's not easy I'm not going to lie like I definitely have moments of wow, like, I'm so young, and and he is older than me, and he has been so vocal about, like, I know that this is what I want. Like, I, I love you, and like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm here. Like, here we go. And I'm like, whoa. And I remember at first when he used to tell me that, it was like, Usually that would make me run. If a guy is basically being like, I fucking love you. Like I'm in this, like I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I'm like, that is so unbelievable. Oh my God. I actually am going to go fake my death and disappear off the face of the earth. Now I feel more comfortable in boundaries. And I think that's something if you're feeling like you're emasculating men the respect and the trust. And then on top of that is boundaries. You don't need to move as fast as they move. And if you are, if they make it a comfortable space for you to articulate that and communicate that, like my boyfriend has been so amazing with me being like, I'm getting there, but like, I'm not there yet. Like I'm, I'm still so focused on my career and I am so happy with this relationship, but like, I really need to also make sure like I'm good and I'm good on my own. And he was like, I totally get that. When I was fucking 26, I was doing the same thing. So like that boundary and respect and also him being man enough and confident enough in himself to uh, tell me these things and me not say them back at times and him still be okay and still love and nurture the relationship and support it that's been fucking crazy so guys can, am I in therapy but no so I just I think it really takes the right kind of person and I will admit like I wouldn't have been ready for everyone it wasn't just because I was like I'm in therapy now and like I, I've been single for a second and I'm ready for a relationship it was like he made me want to be vulnerable he made me want to be close with him and he made me want to to be in this relationship because it makes me genuinely a better person being with him. And it's not codependent. It's like we're each other's number one supporters. And that is something I've never had in my life. And that's where I think you'll feel that because I do have that. Like, it's not like a masculine energy, but it's, it's almost like you need their masculine energy to just be a little bit above yours so that you don't feel like you're emasculating them. And I need a guy that's able to fucking see that. So Nothing is more unattractive to me than someone that's like insecure and uncomfortable in themselves. And like I and so that's where I kind of am able to kind of like gauge what works for me. So I hope that helped a little bit. Sorry, that was like a fucking hot ramp. But I don't know. I think like it's also everyone's different. Like there are some people that may be like, I don't want that person to like be as intense about career. Maybe you're more interested in X, Y, Z, like whatever it is. Everyone is going to be different. And I think for your question, if you're relating to me in this individual, independent mentality and it's been hard for you to partner up, I was kind of just outlining for you, like, you need to find the things that are so important for you in a relationship in order for you to feel attracted to that person and want to be with that person. Like, it's hard, but it's the truth. Like, if you're not attracted to your partner, and I don't mean physically, but by the way that they treat you or by the way that they live your life it's really hard to be with someone and you shouldn't be with someone that, that you're not attracted to. So I've had a journey of figuring that out for me because a lot of it was just about the physical appearance and the job status at first. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You can fucking throw a baseball or that's cool that you can fucking crunch numbers or whatever it is. <laughs> I love how i like crunch numbers. Who I've ever fucking dated at crunch numbers, but you guys don't get what I'm saying. It's like, I figured out that there's way more to life than just looks that can turn me off. And that is almost more of a turnoff if it's not looks, but it's more of what's inside and it's more of the dynamic. That's what doesn't work for me. And that's when I run towards my independence and I need someone that's going to make me feel like, damn, you get me and you're not trying to change me. You accept me. And it's not just acceptance, it's respect and recognition of damn, you're great. And I'm not trying to dim your light. I want you to be exactly how you are. And I just want to fit into your life and be partners. Okay. Daddy motherfucking gang. What a fucking week. What a fucking year, man. That's what it is. Not a fucking week. It's been a hell of a fucking year. I cannot thank you guys. I know I keep saying it, but I have to just say it again. I cannot thank you guys enough for listening every single week, tuning in on Wednesdays, getting excited for Wednesdays. It's just really cool to be a part of something like this with you guys. So thank you. Daddy gang, that is it for this week's episode. And I would just like to clarify, this is a season finale. It's not a series finale. You bitches know I will never fucking leave you we are only ramping this thing the fuck up from here you're gonna be getting a whole lot more of call her fucking daddy you know the motherfucking drill daddy gang sadly I will see you fuckers in a couple weeks